Hi everyone, Eric here. Welcome to a very special season of the Nature of My Game podcast. Here on Season 8, I've handed over the reins to my friend Tommy Witty, yes, our very own Monty Hogg, who wrote an original Monster of the Week adventure just for all of you. Obviously, I couldn't step fully away and had to at least play a character on the season, and I can assure you that the scenario Tommy wrote was just as interesting, scary, and fun as I expected. Joining me as players for Season 8 are NOMG staple Emily Townsend, who plays Marion Hathaway, and NOMG newcomer Lacey Merker, who plays Evelyn Unger, two members of the Grant High Paranormal Investigation Club back for their 20-year high school reunion. And that just leaves my character, Kurt Stevens, who served as the faculty advisor for their club 20 years ago, and who is now the high school principal. It was a true pleasure to share the metaphorical stage with these two and deal with all of the horrible things Tommy threw at us. As I mentioned, this season uses Monster of the Week, a role-playing game written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. Our intro music was written by Jean-Luc Bouchard, and our podcast cover art and social media design is all done by Kelsey Manning. And remember, if you just can't get enough of the Nature of My Game podcast, you can support us at the $5 Hope You Guessed My Name tier on Patreon, which will give you access to some exclusive mini-seasons played by your favorite NOMG players. Right now, we're in the midst of releasing episodes from our playthrough of the Delta Green scenario book Control Group, with episodes releasing every other Friday throughout the summer. If you're interested, you can find our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash nomgpodcast. For those of you who would like to learn more about us, you can find us at nomgpodcast on Twitter and Instagram or at nomgpodcast.com. And now, with no more ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the first episode of Season 8, She Blinded Me With Science. Ashland, Illinois, June 19th, 2008. Joey was having a bad day, a really bad day. In all of his 19 years, he'd had his fair share of bad days. But this one ranked up there, easily top five in the list of bad days. Maybe top three. Not as bad as the day after the ammo plant, but close. He ran through the streets as his mind raced, His foot caught on an exposed root in the sidewalk, and he fell, scraping his knees. Great. He'd be feeling that all night. Joey was used to finding things that were surprising, even disturbing, on his outings. After all, he was an explorer, an investigator. He was someone who loved pursuing lost histories and the unknown. There was that time he found that old, bloody knife outside of the closed butcher shop. And the one note he found, which might have been a suicide note. Or maybe a breakup note. He wasn't sure. The note had been vague, and it was torn up and missing some parts. It had song lyrics written on it. No, it was definitely a suicide note. But where he'd just been, this was something entirely different. It was the aftermath of a scene that would have made Freddy Krueger sick. Grizzly murders. It had to have been. And to top it all off, a cover-up but he knew just who to go to when a cover-up needed to be exposed. The police. Joey slowed down as his knees bled and stung. He couldn't shake the feeling that something was following him. But no one was around. This was a quiet street, and it was well past 8 o'clock already. He looked left. Freely park. Perfect. He could cut through here on his way to the police station. The statue of Lieutenant Colonel George Freely loomed over Joey as he jogged past. There was a guy who knew just how bad a bad day could be. What was the story again? Joey struggled to think back to middle school, learning about local history. 
Civil War. Uh, Freely was part of the Union Army, and he had to take command of a regiment when the leading officer, Colonel Veers, was killed. And the battle was bloody and Freely was wounded, but in the end, he helped lead his men to victory. He went through a terrible day and came out the other side a hero. Joey stopped on the grass for just a moment as he reflected on the park's namesake. Only a couple more minutes to the police station. Maybe he'd be a hero too. And there was a rustling in the grass. A snake? He turned but didn't see anything. Park stretched out in front of him now, looking too vacant and too quiet. Suddenly, a hot, sharp sensation shot through his foot, like someone just stabbed his ankle with a fireplace poker. He yelled out in pain as more jabs struck his calves, his feet, his shins. It felt like his legs were caught in a bear trap. Joey Serrano collapsed, never knowing if they'd name a park after him, too. Saturday, June 21st, 2008, the Midwestern United States, specifically the small town of Ashland, a town much like any other one might find in the rolling farmlands of central Illinois. There's a small main street whose businesses struggle against some encroaching big box stores. There are a few parks where the locals go to walk, to read, sometimes to play baseball. And there's a high school. Grant High School. In fact, the alumni of Grant High School have gotten together to host a 20th anniversary reunion for the class of 1988. The day was warm and filled with people in their late 30s reminiscing about being teenagers. There was a bull and oyster roast and a get-together at a local bar. A brief summer storm swept through. But we find ourselves here in the late evening, after the scheduled events of the day, in the Salt and Pepper Diner, a longtime favorite food destination for the students of Grant High. The diner is located near a strip of stores in a large parking lot. Just outside, as dark settles in, the light poles over the parking lot turn on. One of them stutters and flashes, struggling to stay lit, its bulb clearly dying. In a booth, being served very occasionally by a waitress named Myra, are three people all of whom 20 years ago were associated with Grant High School's own paranormal investigation club <laughs> known as Ghosts, the Grant High Order Woo. of Supernatural Truth Seekers. <laughs> there was a fourth member of Ghosts who has agreed to meet up with these three as well, um, but our group here received a text about an hour ago from one Barry Wilmer, the fourth member. Um, the text uh, reads... As follows, will be late, doing investigation. Might be fun for group. See you at diner, dash Barry. 
Good old Barry. I thought you'd already <laughs> killed Barry. I thought you were going to say he's dead. And I was going to be upset. <laughs> I was sure Barry was going to be dead. Yeah. Never. Not Barry. <laughs> now, uh, would the three of you uh, introduce your characters uh, and tell us what you have ordered, if anything, to eat or drink here at the diner? <laughs> um, and we will start with Eric. All right. Uh, so my character. Um, is not celebrating his 20th reunion uh, with the rest of the group. He is, in fact, the principal of Grant High School. And 20 years ago, he was a social studies teacher and uh, football coach. Uh, his name is Kurt Stevens. Uh, when you see him at this diner, he is, you know, he he he's in his 50s. He's got a kind of full beard, mustache, very clean cut hair, very clean cut beard, um, clearly trying to look kind of professional. He is wearing a a well-tailored gray suit, white shirt, red tie, but he's 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 deigned to just kind of loosen the tie, unbutton the top button now that he's sitting at the diner. He's he is overdressed for the diner. He was even just a bit overdressed for the reunion. Um, he's he you know he 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 has an air of someone who is trying to look very professional, though he's relaxed a little bit here in this moment. He he has the look of someone who was at one point in his life probably very athletic, still has pretty broad shoulders, still probably quite strong, but has let himself go a little bit, and so he's. He's filled out in some places that he probably had not filled out in his 20s and 30s. And he ordered a, a French dip sandwich oh. with oh. French fries and also a side waffle. Eric, that's a uh, French dip is a personal favorite of mine. So as mine as well. I, I, I love, love a French dip. I've said this so before. I love, forward. I love to drop little pieces of myself into all of my characters. Not big things, but small things. Uh-huh. Um, and a French dip and a side waffle is a classic dinosaur for me. So. If I may, and this I'm I'm only adding this because I feel like you mentioned it to me during character creation. He's like a well-aged in his fifties, right? He's like a night like. It's a good looking in his fifties. Oh yeah, yeah. He looks he looks great. Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. He he looks like he doesn't look like he's in his fifties, but he is. Tommy, All right. quick to add in, like asterisk, he's a silver fox. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, si- no silver yet though. Yeah. He his his hair has not his hair has not begin began to turn gray. Maybe maybe oh. that's something that he's cultivating. Um, you know, maybe there's a little artificial <laughs> assistance. Maybe not. Gray be but gone. You don't see any gray. It's it, you know, pretty kind of like light brown. Light brown mm-hmm. hair that still uh, that still is holding up beard and and hair. We uh, we can't you know we have to encourage fan artists to make you know good art of people. So <laughs> got to be a nice handsome man. No um, <laughs> Emily, could you introduce your character, please? Sitting uh, wh- and are you sitting next to Kurt in the booth? You're at a booth, or are you sitting across mm. the table? What a good question. Booth dynamics. Can I just say that's uh, that's we're gonna start the count. That's one on the what a good question for Emily. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no! That's oh, one. Oh, I've been discovered. I've been discovered. I've been called out. Okay, I'm gonna go with sitting next to Kurt. Okay. Um, obviously, a question of great import, um, which no doubt is gonna influence the entire game going forward. As the fireball hits the table. Exactly. (laughs) Can you give me your Um, marching order, please? (laughs) Oh, God. In the diner. You wouldn't attack a diner, would you, Tommy? 
Um, yes. Regardless, it's not me in the mm-hmm. diner seat. No. It's Marion Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marion Hathaway is a white lady in her late 30s. This is her 20th reunion. Um, she is average height. She's um, got kind of dark blonde hair. Um, she is, the vibe that she gives off is she's dressed kind of like in middle-aged art teacher chic. Um, if I had to describe it, it's very (laughs) flowy. It's very drapey. Um, she gives off this vibe of like, if you cornered her or might, she might corner you actually and want to talk about her crystals or maybe Mm -hmm. her cats, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of, it's not actually her vibe. Not once you know her but she doesn't mind the fact that that's the vibe she gives off. She, you d- you might notice, like, if you're looking, I think she actually, the one thing, she's not wearing makeup, like, she's dressed in these things that are clearly not very cool, um, but her hair is fantastic. It always smells nice. Um, it is well taken care of. And, like, she's got this, like, braid crown thing going. Like, that is the thing that she cares about. Everything else, whatever. But she really likes her hair. Tommy, please don't make it get cut off or like burned <laughs> off or something terrible um <laughs> that is her indulgence and yeah so she's she's sitting there and her order i think it's gotta be grilled cheese with tomato and she's gonna get like she's gonna go for a coffee i think nothing too fancy pretty simple uh that's her that's her that's her thing okay and sitting then across the booth, presumably, so they're not all three crowded in like weirdos on one side. <laughs> yeah, she shoved um, her way in. <laughs> Lacey, could you uh, tell us about your character, please? For sure. So on the other side of the booth, by herself, pre- but still, momentarily, but like waiting pressed, for Barry. Not like yeah, not sitting in the middle, but she is like pressed against like whatever, like the wall or the window. What it is um, is Evelyn Unger. She is. Also blonde, uh, long hair, not done up or anything like that. It is just kind of, it looks nicer because it's, you know, they just had the reunion, but she is, it's not braided intricately or anything. Nothing fancy. Um, She is, she's a bigger girl. Uh, Looks a little bit though, you know, in the face, like she's maybe lost a lot of weight suddenly recently. A little gaunt, but still. She is wearing a, I mean, black dress, long sleeves, and black tights, black boots. It's a very, it's a very neat, it's not necessarily like gothy, but it is just black. That is her look, the long sleeves and everything. Mm -hmm. She is, her vibe is definitely, she's not, she's happy to be there. And she is probably right now about as happy as she's been in a couple of years. But she is also a little, still seems like a little bit reserved. Uh, Her order is, I think she just got some fries. And she's eating them. She is eating them with, she did get the ketchup on them. It's not on the side. Okay. Uh, Bold move. Yeah, (laughs) we're just going in. She did make that decision. And... She has a pop of some kind, unless it was like a generic pop. Then she got a water. Is she um, is she eating the fries covered in ketchup with a fork or with her finger? Oh, fingers. Okay. okay. <laughs> what is she? Is she a billionaire? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
salt of the earth. Yeah. yeah. Ketchup fingers. She's it's one of all the there. people. But she does have <laughs> she does have a napkin handy if anything gets on her gets on her little fingies, she she does wipe it off. <laughs> all right. Kurt and Marion and Evie are sitting around the booth. Just chit-chatting about the events of the reunion, maybe about, uh, you know, 20 years ago uh, when you were all in Ghosts and you had some interesting uh, experiences <laughs> during that time. Uh, at one point, Myra comes over. Hey, any anybody um, anybody need refill? Do you not need another coffee, dear? Do you, uh, what, do you want pop for you? Yes. I could do- is it okay if I switch to decaf? Oh yeah, of course. We got decaf. That's fine. Oh, That's thank you fine. so much. Yeah, you can uh you can you can keep the uh keep the regular coming for me. You uh you know, I I, I drink it all 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 day and all night. Yeah, oh oh well, oh yeah, of course. Of course, Mr. Kurt, we know, we know. Um, <laughs> and more pop for you, hun? Yes, please. All right, all right. I'll be I'll be back with that. And she leaves, and you know she won't be back for like fifteen or twenty minutes. Uh, I forgot that we were in the land of pop. I'm sorry. I know. I'm pop. from the south. Pop. Everything is supposed to be coke. Pop. This is freaking me out. I'm, I'm rolling with it though because I'm deep in character. Oh yeah, as a with note of you know previous ghost things, there is uh, on her right hand, her right pointer finger, part of a, a down to that first knuckle. Her uh, Evelyn's figure is is missing. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And scars totally normal. some previous Super cool. uh, very uh, chill. Poor Evie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like her finger did. <laughs> Yikes! As you are sitting there chatting, um, I think Evie, you are the one to notice this. Out of the glass windows of the diner, out in the lot. The other two is kind of back is to where, where the main parking lot is. And um, as you are chatting, you notice a familiar sky blue 68 Mustang. Yes, King Barry! Barry! It's moving a little bit jerkily. Oh no. As it sort of pulls in and starts pulling up to a spot, it slows down to a crawl. And you see it just kind of drift slowly and then thunk! Oh, it shit. runs into that <gasps> flashing light pole. And now it's sitting there with its headlights on. And the light, the light pole above the car is just, 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 just flashing occasionally. There aren't a lot of p- other people in the diner right now. N- no one else seems to look up or notice that this has occurred. It, you know, it's not like it was a fast collision with this pole. It just sort of drifted into it. Uh, and now it's just sitting there on um, with the light flashing over it. Evie gets up and she's like, yeah, she kind of doesn't even say anything. She just like gets up and starts headed out to see what's going on because that's okay. not great. But I don't think she even says any, like I said, she doesn't say like, hey, that's it, Barry's here or just something like that. She just gets up and goes. Okay. And I think that alerts then the two of you to kind of turn yeah. in your booth and look out. And then you see this car sitting there against the pole. Oh my God, Barry. Wait, well, where, where, where's, yeah. where's Barry? And I, I think then Kurt looks around and kind of jumps up, you know, with, with his bulk. I think maybe he kind of like bangs the table as he <laughs> as he gets up quickly, spills the coffee That's all over the place. Okay. Uh, coffee goes everywhere and you, you yeah. run outside to yeah. the car. Uh, you approach, you can see a figure behind the wheel. Uh, it looks like it is slumped over the wheel currently. Oh, God. I open the door. Or can. I mean, obviously. Okay. Um, you pull at the door. Um, the door is, uh, still locked from the inside because the car is oh, on. Oh, come and on. Begging on the window. Barry? 
It looks like, as you look through the window, you see what looks very much like Barry, 20 years older. I, I don't know, Evie, I don't know if you've necessarily seen him since <laughs> the last time Ghost was here. Kurt has occasionally, very occasionally, not super frequently, but uh, it looks like Barry behind the wheel and he is slumped over the steering wheel and he is not responding. Oh my god. You did kill him. <laughs> <laughs> we all were celebrating moments ago. I mean, does if, if Marion's jogging up um, mm-hmm. and sees yep, Evelyn hanging on it, mm-hmm. like, does there, and there is there any blood or is he just slumped? Uh, it's a little difficult to tell because yeah. it's dark inside the, uh, inside the actual Mustang and this light is like flashing on and off <sighs> above. Uh, so it's a little difficult to judge the state that he is in right now. Yeah. I oh, think man. Kurt's first reaction is not to assume anything strange is going on. Sure. And so I think he pulls out his cell phone and dials 911. Okay. Okay. So you pull out your cell phone and you call 911 and you get an answer of like, um, what's your emergency? Yeah, this is uh, this is Kurt Stevens. I'm at the uh, the Salt and Pepper Diner. A car just ran into a, a light post. Uh, it's it was driven by uh, by Barry Wilmer. Uh, he he seems to be slumped over. The doors the doors are locked. We can't get into him. He, but he he seems that he he seems like he's unconscious. Um, and, okay, okay, sir. Um, just we will be uh, we we send some people along uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, you need police and emergency services. It sounds like we will send those along uh, as quickly as we are able to. Um, just wait there. If if it looks like it is in really dire circumstances, if you can find a way into the car, then feel free to do so. Otherwise, we will have someone there to uh, get into the vehicle as quickly as we can. Thank you. Thank you. And he hangs up. While that conversation is happening, Marion's going to kind of look at Evie and be like, can, can you, like, pop that lock? Evie, I was going to say, Evie has also tried to use, like, the other door, too, if there is one. Hmm. Okay. Um, you were checking the other doors. They all do appear to be locked. <sighs> Evie's looking at her list. <laughs> um, for the purposes of this, though, I, I understand that the, um, you know, there is kind of a specific set of uh, things that are listed in, like, standard sort of magic. Yeah. If you would like to use one of your abilities in order to try to force the, one of the locks to open, I will allow that. Okay, yeah. Then I was gonna say I'll try to use magic too. Okay. Um, then please make uh, use magic roll for me. You gotta save Barry. Come on, Barry. Ooh. Actually, it's a ten. Oh, excellent! <laughs> All right. That means it works without any issues. I think before mm-hmm. before Kurt has realized that this is happening, he kind of has like looked over at Marion and was like. Do you think he's okay? Like, do you think we need to to find a way in? Do I need to smash the window open? Evie's checking them all. She's checking them all. I don't know. I don't know. And Evie, you focus. Now, um, how, let me ask this. How public do you want to make this that you are using this ability? Obviously, these two both are, these two are both aware of what you can do, mm-hmm. but. As unpublic as possible, but I mean, it, it always, there's always that chance. I think she puts her hand like specifically over like wherever like the lock where you know you put mm-hmm. the key in and just tries to like focus like go into that like soft gaze mm-hmm. try but like try as little as possible like not try to do any big movements or anything like that and just right. focus on like energy through the lock too okay 
So you go around to, um, I, I will say maybe you go around to actually his side door, yes. like uh, to, to where he is. And you put your hand on the lock and you focus and the world goes briefly into kind of film negative and back in kind of as you're looking at it. And the two of you see just a little bit of smoke rise from under her hand. Ooh. And then you you can hear Evie because you're right there. The lock kind of clicked down. It's one of those, you know, pull up, pull up, push down type of locks that, on older vehicles. And you you feel it release. Open the doors if someone okay. else doesn't do it before I do. Okay, you pull the door open. And now the three of you, I assume the two of you rush around to where? Yeah. To that side? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you see Barry slumped over the wheel. His lower extremities in particular, um, like his pants, etc., look chewed up. <gasps> um, and there's a lot, the clo clothing is torn. There is blood on his clothes um, and sort of visible on different parts of his body. It's these sort of um, light like spatters everywhere. Oh, my God. And... You check, and it doesn't seem like he is breathing. He's also clutching something in his right hand. His, his left arm and his, most of himself are kind of slumped over the wheel. His uh, right hand is hanging and still has something sort of grasped in it. As soon as the door opens and it's kind of revealed that he's kind of chewed up and bloody, I think Kurt kind of stumbles backwards. Mm-hmm. And you see him start moving toward what both Evie and Marion would know is his, like, old, beat-up um, Toyota Camry. <laughs> kind of move, moving toward that purposefully, mm -hmm. away okay. from the scene. Okay. All right. Marion's going to say, Kurt, I know you have CPR training. You get back here. Let's get him out. You get you. You get him out. I'll, I'll, I'll be right there. I'm just, I just, you know, in, in case anything else is coming, I, I just want to be prepared. Evie is just freaked out, and she is just, I, I knew something, she's clutching something in his hand, she doesn't notice that, she doesn't care, she is just, like, Barry, Barry, like, she's, like, kind of shaking him, like, okay. and, and she's just distraught, like, she is just trying to, like, okay. she understands that, like, maybe it doesn't seem like he's breathing, but she is, like, willing him a lot. You shake him a little bit, and he kind of slumps back, like, he, just from the force of the shaking, he slumps back now against the seat, and you actually, as you're doing this, you start to see um, his eye flutter a little bit. Like, oh, okay, maybe, like, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's still something there. And then as his eye is fluttering, you actually see movement behind the eye. And then a black no! beetle no! Oh, no. crawls no! out <laughs> um, from so the... <laughs> uh, and it is, it has um, pinchers Ugh. and... It, where its segmented eyes are, I mean, it's still segmented eyes, but they're like a milky white color. Oh, and they God. crawl out and crawl down his cheek, and they jump at you, <gasps> Evie. <gasps> oh, I mean, just immediately, just like, freak out, trying to brush them off as best she can. But okay. she's like, not like, so, like, she's still trying to stay close. I mean, like, it's it's Barry. She is, you know, she hasn't been back here in a long time for various reasons. If there was one thing, I mean, other than Marion that she was coming back to really see it was Barry and she is like, she's worried, but uh, the bugs are, okay. the bugs are not. So right. as this thing jumps at you, what is your primary goal is just to like, get it away from you basically, or, or what are you trying to do? Primary, yeah, like primary goal, get it off. Secondary goal, 
if it can be squashed, she's going <laughs> to try. Is it just the one? <laughs> okay. Yeah, just one beetle at this point. It's just one beetle that's crawled out. Yes. <gasps> she's yeah. Get it off of her if it's on her or coming at her, and then mm-hmm. other. Than and that, I'm right there. Squish. I was like about to start pulling Barry out, so I can certainly help if it's going for Evie to try to swat Would it. You, okay, so I I think what it sounds like to me, if you're trying to just get it off of you, that's going to be an act under pressure roll. If you're trying to actually physically like crush it, we're going to do kicks and ass. So that's why I'm asking what you think you were trying to do. So. Also, I mean, I'll stay with my initial. My initial reaction was, was just to get like, it off, even though okay. reaction. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even okay. though, even right, though my so. natural, normal bugs bug reaction. reaction. Yeah, okay. the, get it off. Right. Oh god! Oh no! Okay, then, um, Marion, you wanted, you mm-hmm. were trying to kind of also help, like push, push this bug away. I will let you make a, a help out roll then. Okay. And then we will have Evie make her act under pressure roll. Let's see. Um, uh, do I, I have plus one, so that's only a five. A five? Okay. As you try to brush <laughs> off uh, this bug, oh, no. you see another one crawl out of his mouth. And this one Fart. crawls right up onto your arm as you are, like, brushing nope, and nope, kind nope. of trying to get at Barry. Uh, and now it is on you and crawling up your shoulder and across <gasps> you. Um Evie, let's do your roll, and then we're gonna have results of of these kind of what happens from all of this happening. So go ahead and roll to uh, act under pressure. I should have just said stomp at first because I have a plus one to that one, but act under pressure is a <laughs> negative one. That's good role playing. That yeah, is good. It's very good role playing. Uh, it is five and three, eight minus one. Uh, that's a seven. Okay. Okay. Rip. So you can, (laughs) you are, uh, you will be able to kind of get this bug away from you, but as you go to brush it off, it just bites your (gasps) hand really hard. You will take one harm from this. Ah, That's a hell of a bug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, Evie... (laughs) Tom just nodding. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is a hell of a it, bit, Like, it bites and it <laughs> pierces welcome. into your hand. Like, you get the oh. feeling it could bite straight through. Like, the pincher seems strong enough to be able to bite straight through the hand. Oh. Which, which really hand is old. it? Which hand? I would say it is your right hand. Both of her arms are kind of, but like, especially if it was, like, her right hand going up. Yeah, it makes sense. And, like, her left arm is, doesn't, doesn't work quite like it used to. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so she, and she is. I mean, she shouts and she is cussing at this bug. Uh, this bug can go to hell. Okay, <laughs> Marion. As the result of your failed help out roll, yep. the bug cl- climbs up on you. You scream from it, like you see it bite Evie's hand. Mm. You scream, and it crawls into your mouth. <gasps> um, and you can feel it move down your throat. No! No, I don't, And you feel it crawl into you. I don't... I can't, like, cough it up? You start coughing and choking. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's coming up, but you are now, like, your wires are watering. You kind of fall backwards away from the car and from Barry. (laughs) What, uh, Kurt, what's happening over uh, in your neck of the world? (laughs) Yeah, so Kurt is hearing panicked voices, but he continues to go to his car, Mm -hmm. pulls out his keys, has Mm -hmm. to manually unlock the trunk, and it flips open, (laughs) 
and he <laughs> grabs a baseball bat Hell that he yeah. has in the trunk Good. and like slams boy. the car door and runs back over. Okay. Or slams the trunk and runs back over. Okay. What are as as Kurt runs back over now? What are the two of you doing? I'm still trying to get this, but now it's like a, the bug, a so the bug smashing. is off of you now. Like it's just in the car, kind of crawling around on the car seat. It looks like it might start crawling back up to Barry at some point here, but it is no longer on you. Um, but it did bite into your hand and then let go. So your hand is in you. You're in some pain because your hand is bleeding. I mean, I see like what Marion is clearly still struggling. So I, I mean, I did not see the bug go into her mouth, or I would have passed out. But um, <laughs> but uh, um, she's trying to communicate. She's like, where is it? Like, where is it? Where is it? She assumes something has happened. And she, I don't know if she saw the bug itself. But you know, Marion, like, what do you need? What do you need? Um, can I mime the Heimlich maneuver? <laughs> Uh, sure, I will let you do. You do like the choking motion, like uh, like this type of situation. Yeah. Hands sure. up at my neck. Sure, Coach Stevens, where the fuck are you? He runs back over, and I think he, I think he probably sees that she's choking, and he kind of looks at Evie and says, "What? What is it? What? What? What is she choking on?" I don't know. I was All a little right, so busy. Then he, he does. He does have probably has CPR training as a principal, so he will go and attempt to do the Heimlich on Marion. Okay. You start doing the Heimlich and nothing is coming up. God dang it! Uh, Story of how I died in the first 10 minutes. Your stomach feels a little off. You can sort of feel a little bit of movement or something down there. Oh, no, 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 I do not. Oh, no. Um... Can she talk? Yeah, she. I will say it, now. It's out of my throat it's now. Been, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you tried the Heimlich. Oh. She was choking temporarily. She can now talk. Marion, what? What is it? What? There's a bug. There's a bug in my in, in me in me. It went. It went in. It went in my mouth. Oh fuck! Slow down. Slow down. What? 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 What kind of bug? Big one. I would say at this point you see the bu- the other bug that is yeah. on the seat, like okay. crawl up onto Barry's shoulder again. All right, I'm gonna try. It. Yeah. I don't want to hurt Barry, but I do. It's on his shoulder. Yeah, it's on his shoulder and it is the far shoulder because it like um, Evie knocked it back into the car. So it crawls up. You are on the driver's side with that open. It's on his right shoulder, which is the one that's further into the car. All right. I think I want to try to push it off of him with the bat. um, Okay. Without like swinging the bat. It feels more like it to me. It feels like an act under pressure. Rather okay. than a than a kickstart. Okay, out. if you're ju- okay, I will let you act under pressure. Which is worse for me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to be kind of finesse about it. I'm trying not to hurt him any more than he's already hurt. Okay. Uh, that's a nine. A nine. Okay. So, uh, with a nine, yes, you get a potentially worse outcome or price to pay. Um, <laughs> you, so you try to brush this bug off. It just starts crawling up the bat towards you. God. Perfect. I'm going to, then I'm going to, I'm going to try to remove the bat from the car okay. and smash the bug between the bat and the, and the asphalt. Okay. Yeah. All right. Make a kick some ass roll. Uh, that's an eight. An eight. Okay. So on an eight, you do successfully do it, but you will have to take harm in response. So 
um, what I will say is you, it, it crawls up surprisingly fast and actually gets to your hands quicker than you thought it was going to be able to. So you start swinging it down. It doesn't, it's not on the head of the bat anymore for you to hit it into the pavement. It gets up on your arms. You swing your whole, the bat and your hands into the light pole that is oh. right next to the car. And you smash your hand into the light pole. It, you hear a loud crunch as the bug slams into this pole. Uh, surprisingly resilient, but it does look like this may have actually killed this thing. Like it, it oh. does kind of get squashed with the just the strength of your slamming it into this pole. I will say though that you take two harm from this. Oh, okay. it's going great, guys. And I think Kurt will try to kind of quickly as he's like waving his hand to like, because mm -hmm. it hurts so the much. The two of you hear the smash and you are legitimately not sure if it's the bug or you heard a bone break in his hand. Oh, and both. I think he picks, he tries to pick up the, the, the corpse of the bug mm -hmm. and just like slip it into his um, suit coat pocket. Okay. Okay. Assuming, assuming I can confirm it's dead. Uh, you pick it up and there's the kind of like, Residual post-death bug movement happening, but yep. it looks to you like it has actually been killed. All right, so I'm going to slip it into my suit coat, like the outside okay. side pocket. Okay, all right, yeah. So now the situation is that you do not see any more bugs right now. Both of these bugs crawled out of Barry. <laughs> you yeah. do not know if more will occur, like more will happen, or if this is, you know, if it's settled now. You can You start to hear sirens in the distance. And that I'm, I'm like trying desperately to think of how to get rid of the bug that's in her stomach. Yeah, you and me both. Um, well, I think Kurt is. Kurt, I think Kurt is like very like pointedly looking at Marion right now. It's like Marion, what what should we do? Do we do we wait for the cops? Should we try to get out of here? And I think I'm th I like I think very purposefully like you're the person yeah that deals with these situations. Like, what should we do? Oh, God. Why did I play this character? <laughs> I don't know what we should do. Oh, my God. Because I think Marion can't even think straight. Like, she fe there is something living inside of her right now. And she I think she barely even registers Kurt's question. I mean, I don't... I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I all I know is there's there's something in me, and I don't. I don't like it. And if 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 if, if cops come and they and they they get bugs too, that's bad. Um. Okay. Okay. Um. She's gonna try and like huh, calm herself down because I I'm not. I I genuinely am not sure because now she's terrified for herself and she's terrified people coming to help is gonna make this worse. But how she's like, it's basically a biohazard in a car. And how the hell do you stop people from messing with a biohazard? <laughs> can you can you can you throw it up? Can you just like I'll try. Shove your fingers up your throat. I don't know that Marion has ever done that before in her life, but she will give it a shot. Okay. <laughs> All right. To be clear, the, the sounds were Evie miming shoving yeah. your fingers <laughs> out your throat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh you put your fingers as yep. far back in the back of your throat as you can, and you do start to gag, um, yeah. and you throw up a little bit of diner food, <laughs> and great. nothing else comes up. Emily, can you use read a bad situation? Oh, what an interesting proposition. 
game mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell which uh, which game mechanic the, the group that plays this regularly forgets about the most? It's probably right hey. in that situation. Um, yeah. Also, I will say after you throw up, you feel uh, it's feels like it's in there, like having some agitation in your stomach. Like you can feel movement mm-hmm. again. Oh, okay. I don't want to make it mad. Yeah. So that didn't work. So she needs to stop listening to everybody else, I mm-hmm. think is how this goes. Mm-hmm. And she focuses everything back inward. Okay. And she's going to think about it in there. She's going to think about the fact that there's probably more of them inside Barry. Mm-hmm. There's a part of her that's like, our fucking friend is probably dead if he's got beetles coming out of his orifices. Gosh, I don't want that to happen to us. And I think she's going to like try to focus in and read this terrible situation. Okay. I will let you do a read a bad situation <laughs> roll then. Go go for it. Yep. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh, oh, oh okay. That's 6 and a 5, so that's a lot. That's uh 11 and Very I nice. have no I have no additionals, but I'm happy with that. Okay. Oh, that's... Tell me what do I do? So that is what a is whole bad situation. Three. Let me read the mechanic out of the book for you here so that everyone yep. is on the same page. Um, you get to hold three. What that means is there's a list of questions. You get to ask any three of these questions relevant to the current situation. They don't all have to be asked right now, but they do have to remain relevant to the current situation that you are in. So, you know, if the situation changes, they will essentially expire. They won't be relevant anymore. Um, so your questions can be, what's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? And what's the best way to protect the victims? Marion is but a humble woman, and right now she sees herself as a victim. Okay. Okay. <laughs> can she figure out the best way to deal, like, to help out me with the this bug in my The only thing you can think of is you've tried everything that you can Physically. think of. You would, maybe if you sought medical attention... That you okay. they they would be able to do something about it. God. Okay. Good to know. Then I think the other thing that she's going to try to do is what's the best way to protect the victims that are about to be victims, the people that are coming to mm. this place mm-hmm. that are going to try and be helpful okay. and get their own stomach bugs. Oh God, it's a stomach bug. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Womp, womp. The only thing you can think is you don't know if there are more of these bugs in Barry or not. Yep. You also don't know where these bugs come from originally. Yep. If you could figure out where they're coming from originally, if you can find the source, that might be a way to do something, to figure something out. If you want to protect the uh, emergency workers who are about to be coming mm-hmm. and showing up, you might actually have to get rid of Barry's body yourself. Yeah. Because these bugs are shockingly resilient. Who's going to believe that these giant bugs are going to be crawling out of a body if, like, probably, uh, you know, uh, some EMTs are going to show up and think that you're in shock from what you've seen? Are they even going to believe you that you say these big bugs crawled out? Are they going to be able to protect themselves from this same thing that happened to you happening to them? No way of knowing. So if you want to protect other people, you might have to deal with Barry's body yourself. Yep. Okay. Have we, I can't remember, have we closed the door again? No. I'm going to close the door to the car. Okay. With Barry inside of it. Okay. Because at least now that is a closed space. Okay. (laughs) And I'm going to look at the two of you 
and say, okay, folks, ghosts, we've got an issue here. Barry's a bug boy now. I don't know how the fuck this happened. And I think we have to figure that out. But for right now, he cannot be helped by us or by the folks from 911. We got to get him the F out of here. Ideas, people. Kurt says, I'll deal with the, let me deal with the, with the cops and the EMTs. Um, the two of you take, take his car and take him somewhere. Let me know where you go and, and, and I'll meet you there. I'll, I'll deal with the, I'll deal with the people. They, they know me well. Oh, so you're leaving us to get in the car? <laughs> that was, um, that was the easy. That's boy. not me. Yeah. That was easy. <laughs> my, my, my house is close. Take it, take him there. I'll, I'll meet you there. Is this car, this car kind of rolled its way into the, mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Car is still <laughs> on. Car still yeah. looks like it's in drive right now. It's the, yeah. it's not going anywhere because it's, it's front end is against a pole. <sighs> Fuck a duck. Okay. Yeah, I think we do have to get it out of here because it's the best way to get Barry out of here. So I was looking. I don't know if this makes any sense, but I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to have to get back in the car. Mm-hmm. One of the things with use magic is bar a place or portal to a specific person or a type of creature. Mm-hmm. Could I <laughs> could I use magic on mm-hmm. Barry mm-hmm. as the place to keep mm-hmm. the bugs from being able to exit Barry? Hell love yeah. it. I Hell like that. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, do a use magic roll for that and see how that shit, goes. Shit, shit, She, I mean, you know, Evie opens the door and I know I have to roll too, but she is upset. Evie yeah. doesn't do well in these situations. She is very upset. She is crying. Um, and she's <laughs> just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she's talking to Barry. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now I'm going to roll. Nine. Nine. Okay. okay. That's something. That's something. Okay. Yeah. Nine is something. Uh, let me check. It sure our... is something, yeah. isn't it, it works Tommy? Perfectly. <laughs> so you do need to choose a glitch. So it does. This will mean that it works. But uh, your glitch options are: the effect is weakened. The effect is of short duration. You take one harm. The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention, or it has a problematic side effect. Well, you're having bugs crawl in people's mouths. I don't trust you in these problematic side effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, problematic side effect for whom? Like, mm-hmm. is it for Barry? I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, as I say, I'm just... No, that's I'm, right. I'm just over here grinning and doing fun eyebrows at the, at the camera as we <laughs> talk about this. I don't want to draw attention. The I guess we'll go the... No, you know what? I want those bugs to stay in there. I'm scared of them. Uh, the magic draws Great immediate. Great choice. <laughs> the magic, I was good because I was going to go for short duration, but I, no, I need them bugs to stay in there. Um, <laughs> you know what? I will go with magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. Okay. Mm. You, um, so what does it look like when you, do you just kind of touch his arm or what's, what are you kind of doing as you enact this magic? In this situation, yeah, since the last time she touched him, that did not go great. <laughs> She, I mean, if she has to touch him, she will, but it's going to be as, like, as little as possible. Sure. But still, even if there's just one finger has to touch him, that finger is touching, and then, like, hover-handing the rest. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> so one finger touches TM, just, TM, like, TM. lightly a little bit of skin on, like, one hand. Yeah. And uh, you see this sort of, like, black, inky energy kind of <sighs> go out of your hand and up through him, and you see, like... It's it sort of looks like this smoky energy covers his eyes, his mouth, his nostrils just sort of 
shrouds these different areas of him. And then as you pull away, as you're finishing this spell, he jer- his body just jerks from this energy leaving him and his head slams forward onto <gasps> the horn of the, the car. And now the oh. car is just going, <laughs> just <laughs> blaring I mean, out. Evie almost fully shits herself. Now I mean. you can see like in the diner, through the diner window, you start yep. to see people kind of like, there's one or two people that are like looking um, and looking out towards the car, wondering what is going on. You see one person even, like, stand up. Marion, get him out of here. Yep, on it. Marion is feeling very twitchy mm-hmm. because that was a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And she's used to not that. <laughs> and so she's she's going to turn to Evie and say, let's go. Um, and I'm going to start shoving Barry to the side. And Evie, get in the back seat. We got to go. We got to go now. I was going to say, Evie will go to the other side, I mean, of the car, too, and, like, kind of try to pull. Yep. She is, st- I mean, even in her freak out, like, she is still very worried about Barry, and she is trying to do this, as, and, like, pulling him over, like, I don't know, in her mind, maybe you can still save him. But anyway, oh. so trying to help with that, but then she does get in the back seat. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to go. I mean, I think we you know start, where You start gunning it? Lives. Okay. Yeah. I will say that kind of as you pull out... And as you start leaving, um, a cop car pulls up. Yep. Now you, I'll go ahead and say you you start to go and you are able to get up speed. Um, Kurt, what do you do? The cop car pulls up into this parking lot um, and you hear more sirens behind them. You, the, there's an ambulance close behind. What do you do? How many cops are there? Is it one or two? Uh, it looks like it's just one cop car right now. It look, might be like cop, ambulance, maybe another cop will show up after that. You don't know what, you know. But right now it is just one cop car. I will say two police officers in the car. Okay. I'm going to knock on the passenger side window and just kind of like motion to have them roll the window down. Okay. Um, So the officer kind of looks up at you and there is a moment of recognition on his face as he sees you because, well, let's (laughs) let's face it. Uh, Kurt Stevens is known around town. He's a man who is uh, sort of a public (laughs) face of the school. Um, These cops have probably, if not been to school events, you know, they they have probably had kids go through the school. People know Kurt Stevens around town. So he sees you, moment of recognition, um, and he says... Oh, um, uh, Mr. Stevens, what? There was an emergency call. Uh, Is there there's someone in distress here? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm I'm sorry. This this whole ordeal is my fault. I I overreacted a little bit. Uh, I I apologize. Um, You know, I saw a car. It it hit the light post. I was the driver was slumped over. I, I was worried. So, you know, just out of an abundance of caution, I I called you. You fine folks. I'm sorry to get you all all out here at this time of night. I, I, I apologize. Everything's fine. He he was a little tired. He was coming to get some coffee. He he fell asleep. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I had a friend with me. She's going to drive him home. He just needs to get some rest. He's not feeling well, but everything's fine. Okay. You know what you need to do here. You need to make a manipulate someone role to convince them that this is everything's okay. Yes, I do. Sounds very plausible to me. I don't know. Come <laughs> on, fates. Uh, that's a nine. Okay. So, unless there's anything else you want to do about this, um, that would be a, um, oh, hold on. Okay. Yes, but do it, but only if you do something for them right now. Okay. So, 
the officers, uh, we need to make sure that we're doing our due diligence. Is there anything we need to look at while we're here? I mean, we got the emergency call. It sounded dire. Uh, there's a there's an ambulance, and the ambulance actually pulls up at this point. And so he, like, motions over. There's an ambulance here. I mean, you know, I, we're going to make sure that we're doing our job and check this out. Um, he starts to get out of the car. Absolutely, and I'll I'll make any statement you need me to. You know, feel free. You can you can look over at the light post. Uh, it doesn't look like there's too much damage there. And I, you know, the the people inside will absolutely tell you. Sorry, what's the what's the waitress's name? Myra. 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 We don't pay I, her, by the way. Yeah. We don't want to be those people who dine and dash. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, you, you can talk to Myra. You you know she's you know she's very trustworthy. She'll tell you. Nobody was hurt. It, no, no other, no other cars were hit. No people were hit. And I, I promise you that it. He's not driving anymore. It's a, a friend of mine who's driving. She's just going to take him home. Okay. Um, so I think in this situation, uh, he, they stand up and they say, "Okay, we will want you to stay and take a statement. Statement. We're going to take a look at the scene that you you mentioned. I mean, even if there was a minor collision, um, you know, there could be." Uh, there could be things that result from that in terms of damage to public property, etc. So we will have to take a look at the light post uh, and may, and see what, if anything, um, was damaged. Um, and you, this uh, officer you do recognize, his name is Officer Bearholter. Okay. And he is he the one that I would know better than the other one? Yes, he is. Okay. So I'm going to kind of like lean in close to him and like go like I'm kind of shaking his hand mm -hmm. and thanking him for helping mm -hmm. and kind of lean up um, near his ear mm -hmm. and say, go inside, take a statement and then go home. Okay. Uh, uh, it's a, hmm? uh, I will need you to roll plus charm, please. Fascinating. That's a 12. Okay. <gasps> Who is there this is sort of principal? a moment where <laughs> the officer kind of almost like he's in a daze. He blinks and he shakes his head and he looks over at his fellow officer and he says, all right, let's just, why don't we go in? We'll just take a witness statement from anyone who might've seen it in the diner. I think that's really all we need to do. And then we can go ahead and we can, and, and I think we can clear out of here. Uh, why don't you let the, let the EMTs know that uh, situation is under control and that um, everything's okay. And he stands up and he walks. You actually watch him walk right past a blood spot from where Evie had been <gasps> bitten and like blood had actually, a little blood had dripped onto the to the uh, parking lot pavement there. He just walks right over it and just walks straight on inside to the diner. And right before he leaves, I call him right back over and just say, oh, officer, one, one other thing. Oh, yes, Mr. Stevens, of course. Of course. What and can I do for you? Kind of under my breath say... I don't think you need to file a report about this either. Mr. Stevens, I understand perfectly. You know, some things are just minor. They're more paperwork than they're worth, aren't they? Absolutely. And and sorry, just just one more thing. It, if you discover anything that seems strange, could you give me a call? Certainly, of course, of course. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We can give you a call. If you just, you and if... Uh, and uh, frankly, uh, uh, Mr. Stevens, you know, if you just let me know what kind of strange you're looking for, uh, we'd be happy to, to let you know if we see anything like that. Just anything out of the ordinary. And uh, and thank you for your service. Well, OK, uh, you know about uh, well, before he before he walks off, he stops and he goes, well, you know about the attack in the park, right? That's the only strangeness that I know about that's going on. 
Uh, no, I, I hadn't heard. Who, who was attacked? Oh, young man. I believe it was a young man from who was a recent graduate of your school. I, there were articles in the paper about it. I don't know all the details, but uh, if you get get yourself a paper, I think you'd be able to, you can read uh, read the details. I'll If I see uh, more details from the police station, I can call and let you know later. Thank you, officer. He turns and he walks into the diner. <laughs> Just a mild mannered high school principal, huh? <laughs> He's just a man of power and influence in this town, you know. That's right, and that's right. He knows everybody. <laughs> Honestly, I think that is where we can leave our story for now. What the he heck? Is, yep, he's just he's he, there's there's nothing there's nothing weird going on about Kurt. I, I promise you. Nothing listen, weird. This is this is whole thing was. This is why Tommy had something. to emphasize that he was hot before. <laughs> he's right. so hot. He is so dreamy. <laughs> exactly. So hot, so dreamy, so like mind whammying of people. What the hell? <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like it's, that's it's right. true. It'd be like that sometimes. This podcast was created using Monster of the Week, written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. It is based on an original adventure written by Tommy Witty. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at N-O-M-G podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at nomgpodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit www.patreon.com slash nomgpodcast. <laughs>